episode 12 being here for what's that 24 weeks now yes next next episode will be half a year oh my god yeah i know another half year old you've done such a good job clive thank you (laughs) i just show up and i and i still have that the the episode that you listen to right now it's sunday evening it's being released tomorrow and i still have to edit it all so anyway yeah it's you know editing is a the the laborious part of a podcast but it's so one of those things once i start doing it and i start listening to the conversation again because you you forget things yeah we've talked about yeah um and you realize there are things that shouldn't be in there so you take them out um eventually we'll get to the point where we don't have to edit we'll just like say forget about it release it (laughs) yeah the 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 pauses and the, the you know you, you notice what people say all the time. So I always start a sentence with so. Yeah. And then the question. So I, I edit out a lot of the so's and I'll go, and, and most people go, and, um, and, um, you know, yeah. so there's two that I won't be editing out, but <laughs> the others I might. <laughs> anyway, so we're on hey. the T pad. It's only been a week actually since we last recorded on the T pad. So what's, exciting personally and what's exciting disco for you personally i'm feeling better not a hundred percent but i'm feeling better it's been you look we're on camera and you look better last time you, Thank did, you. i could see through you i think yeah <laughs> and i'm my splint is gone so yeah. that's cool too um uh there you go you can edit that out <laughs> no, i'm gonna leave that in um i played the cobra chicken classic yeah. and i i registered a while back and I thought I'm not going to withdraw because I'm going to wait right till the last minute and see how I feel. And I woke up yesterday feeling about 80%. So I figured, ah, oh, it's just two rounds at Mac. I can go and playing with Laura Oig and Rachel Estabrooks, two FPOs here in BC up and coming that both can crush a disc that are like, I'm just happy to be on their card. And I told the girls coming out, I'm struggling that in fact I'm turning yeah. 50 in two and a half weeks You're too and modest. I'm sick. What's that? You're too modest though. <laughs> and I said, I'm just, my goal is to keep up today. That's all my goal is. And after the first round, I was tied with Laura um, and Rachel had a few unfortunate breaks and she was back by a bunch of strokes. And so I just went in just thinking, I just got to keep my head down and just play smart and, um, you know, pick up strokes where I can get them and that's what I did so I came out and I played exact same plus six and Laura played a plus seven so one stroke I squeaked out the FPO win which just made me so happy (laughs) starting the season with a win starting the season with a win haven't last time I threw Mac would have been beginning of February so that's it yeah first tournament (laughs) FPO player after you appeared on a podcast no yeah I, no you haven't played any other tournaments like c tier anyway well we're, we're going to get to that we, we, we have to get back to i have to contact gabby lee and find out how not, she did she did not she did not podium did you check oh it? no she did she came in second she podiumed. okay so yes. here's here it is then we have the flight pass fpo effect we do Every every female that has played, uh, that has appeared on our podcast has podiumed at the next tournament they're played. Yep. So we had um, LVC Challenge, 
which was the first tournament that um, both Hollin and Missy Gannon, and they finished second and third. Yep. We had Gabby Lee appeared on the podcast, went to a tournament. She podiumed this weekend. And Kerry, this is her first tournament since we started the podcast. She's podium. Four mm-hmm. FPO podiums after being on the podcast. So any FPO players listening, if you want a podium, <laughs> contact us. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we've been sitting on this one you guys i'm like we can't say it yet it's only been like two or three so yeah it's four people we're saying it now yeah so um yeah so if you're an fpo player um page call us (laughs) up Uh, who else uh hayley king we'd love to have you on the show yeah and you're going to be guaranteed podium the next week so (laughs) anyway um so yeah, I've also played in the Cobra Chicken, which was put on by Okanagan Disc Supply, our sponsor, and run magnificently by Troy Sargent and Brett Hanna, two local disc golfers. Thanks to them for putting it on. And I played in you know my 50 and over division. And on the first round, I, I'm looking at playing. I know I'm not going to win the tournament. So I look at it as how best can I do? And it's basically it's to get your ratings And on the first round, I threw well, and I didn't score well. And I had one hole, number eight on MacArthur Island, where I had an eight. And and I had an eight. So basically, you tee off right by the out-of-bounds fence. It's right there on your left. And there's this little little olive tree. And it's got (laughs) no leaves on it. It's in my head all the time when I throw. it's It's just twigs. And I launch, I forget what disc I took to start with. Uh, I think my Undertaker. Okay. And, and I threw it and zipped out of my hand a little bit too far left, hit a single twig, died right out of bounds. Like if it goes 30, 40 feet past, it's, you know, you're on the grass and you're away from hole. So I reteed because basically it's better than just standing up against, I mean, basically went straight out of bounds. So I'm going, okay, aim a little bit further right. Took my escape, exactly the same thing, hit a different twig died out of bounds so now i'm playing five off the tee and then i threw my passion and my passion went right and i'm going you better come back because there's an out of bounds on the right as well come on come on back and it turned and it faded back at the end and then i you know had an approach and a putt for for an eight uh, oh, I... five six seven, yeah and, uh, no a, a seven sorry so seven. I called... okay and did you play above your rating though like did you play no i played slightly below my rating on the first round but that you know, those four yeah. shots right there. So on the second day, I'm looking at and um, a good guy who I play with, uh, Paulo, he's four shots ahead of me. And my goal was to try and catch him. Okay. And he's, he's, a, pretty, he's a solid player and usually he plays better than me, but that was my goal. And I, I caught I, two strokes I caught him up by, but on hole 17, which is the longest hole on the course. Yes. Um, on the first day, I took my, it was a little bit of a headwind. So I just went, okay, it's tied out of bounds on the left, tied out of bounds on the right. You just need to throw it dead straight. So I took my pathfinder, bam, I took my pathfinder, bam, put my pathfinder, missed the putt for par. It was a long putt and then got a bogey, which I'll take a bogey on that hole every time. So I went, okay, I'm going to do the same thing. Took my pathfinder. It was windier. I took my pathfinder again, went out of bounds on the left. So now I'm throwing four. And I'm lining up my Pathfinder again just to approach up there. And I think I was a little bit ahead of the guy. So maybe I was playing out of turn and I, and I wasn't 
paying attention. So this is partly my fault because another guy was lining up to play and he hadn't played. He wasn't what he wasn't looking across at me, but he was about to play. And right as I'm just pulling the arm forward, he go, there's a guy in front of him who goes heads up. And he's talking to the guy in front of him. So I'm like, what do you mean heads up? So I turn my head and I just put it out of bounds to the right. Oh. And so I had, that would have been, I think I had a seven on that hole or whatever. No, I had two sevens. So I'm going a seven. If I had a five, two, I'd have made my goal. But I shot 70, 80 points over my rating on the second day. That's awesome. I, I got panicked on hole seven. We had a headwind and we had two cards backed up with us and people walking the path. And I yanked my disc right off of 17 straight into the trees, but it rolled out. So I was like, Okay, I saw I'm gonna, that shot from where yeah. I'm going to stable up and I'm going to shoot straight down a long OB and fade back into the fairway. OB, right? Yeah. Straight out, wind picked it up, flipped it out, OB. It was quite a ways down there. So I go down there. I'm like, okay, one OB stroke. This is good. Do the same thing again. And the wind picked it up and just flipped it OB again. So I ended up taking a seven and I was just like, the two really ridiculous mistakes. And I look, I won by one stroke, but I think about, the unforced errors I left out there, I could have won by four or five strokes. And the putts that hit cage and didn't go in. Yeah, <laughs> I hit cage three or four times on the first round. I didn't putt well. Yeah. But I, I really have my, I think I have my mental game honed in not in the fact that, what the hey, um, I, I had, you know, every time I hit the twig, I went, well, <laughs> that's what happens when you throw it on the wrong line. Because on the next hole, number nine, which is another out of bounds hole, yep. I took my underworld out and I threw the longest drive I've ever thrown. It was amazing with an understable disc. Must have had a tailwind. A tailwind, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I put it out towards out of bounds. It came back and did the S and dropped forty feet short on the pin. Wow, that's a great drive. Yeah, I mean, I've never nice. thrown a drive like that before. So um people said well it's because you're angry no because if i'd been angry i'd have thrown it out of bounds again <laughs> you were focused yeah focused it's and, a new and that, you're focused. yeah and that's like you know it's just those things i'm i'm not pulling up best so i expect i mean i miss more putts than i make so if i miss a putt i can't be angry that's right you know and so. someone's once said once the disc leaves your hand you're totally out of control yeah. of it so no yeah. You know, you can be upset on how you let it leave your hand and adjust, but you can't be mad about how it lands. It's it's out of your control. Wind, trees, yeah. you threw it into the ground, just move ahead and yeah. make your next play. So, yeah, I feel really good about that. And I just need to be a little bit more consistent. And I'm knocking and I've got to work on my putting. I know that yeah. I have to really work on my putting. But um, yeah, I just went out to Rose Hill and played even power on the front nine. It's an easier course, but. Anyway, yeah, so that was, that's, I think, all we've really done disc golf wise. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Trying to recover this, this virus or whatever. It's just yeah. kicks my butt. So hope nobody out there gets it because it's a nasty one. Question for you. So today sure. is the day that the Waco final round happened. Yes. Did you watch the women's FPO? Of course I did. Of course you did. So mm -hmm. I didn't, but I knew what happened. And then Justin mm -hmm. explained what happened. So I have to watch it. But um, yeah, got a feel for Ella Hansen. You know, and I had this conversation with Craig before Ella spoke and before Val Jenkins spoke. 
And I said, you know, it was Ella's to lose going in and you could see the nerves and you could see the, like her taking deep breaths and you could, you could, you could just feel it through the camera. You could feel it. And she hasn't been in the position of champion like Kristen. That's where experience comes in. And that's where being in that position of knowing what you need to do to sink the putt for the championship, Kristen clutched up on that putt. It was awesome. And cause she had just made miss some really easy putts prior and what a fantastic learning experience for Ella. And she's not far off. Like if you look at the, the, they put out a stats Mando put out a great graph afterwards where Ella was in the driver's seat and Kristen wasn't. Then they kind of crossed paths and they went yeah. the other way. And then they kept really close together to the last three holes. And then it just shot off the charts other either direction. So Ella's new to the sport and she's, she, she's going to win something this year for oh. sure. Honestly, she, like she you can't been... do what she did and not, and, and and she's a champion already, like an ultimate. And uh, she knows she has that heart of a champion too. So she knows she'll come back and she'll adjust and she's been there now. So now she well, can grow with that, those feelings and those nerves, right? She, she was close at um, LVC. Yep. I think she finished fourth maybe. Yeah, but um, she was, she was pushing at LVC pushing for it. sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, um, I think so far she's been the most consistent player across the board. Like she's done think, so well this year, yeah, for sure. And after, and that's after watching her play at Raptors Knoll, and you know she was just out there playing, and it didn't yep. mean anything. You know, we we talked about this. We'll talk uh, in the interview with um, Gabby Lee, but you know, it wasn't until two or three holes where you go, okay, this is why she's one of the top players. Yeah. Um, and I, and she's just, wow. I mean, she's a competitor yeah. and she, she, and she, she can bomb it when she wants to. Unfortunately, she didn't bomb it today. Um, but yeah, she's, she's a big surprise to me after watching her, like how consistent and how good she is. Um, so kudos yeah. to Ella Hansen. And we saw Ella lifted up and surrounded by her friends, um, Holland Hanley, Raven Klein, and Stacey Ronsley, I believe it was, came out to the green when Ella broke down in tears and just hung on to her. Yeah. And that right there is a great showing for me in the pro community to say, hey, you know what? <laughs> I've witnessed some of the division and I've witnessed some of the infighting, but that right there was just beauty it was like so wonderful to see that so today was just a wonderful example of how the pros do come together to support each other and I felt just it made me cry I was bawling my eyes out if anyone's watched it they know what I'm talking about Ella just dropped to her knees and while they were interviewing Kristen she was just in tears and these women supported her and it was awesome and I just that's the piece of disc golf that I'm happy we saw it today I, I am what I I didn't watch it um but i will watch you know by the time this comes that, out everyone will have seen the jomez yeah, i'm not yeah. doing any spoilers no, here <laughs> no i know i know that totally yeah i know yeah. i just say I, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet i just friend just told me what had happened um, yeah so and if waco mpo side as well if if the rest of the season is like this i said it i need some heart meds 
I'm going to need to like figure out how to calm down because I was jumping out of my seat. I was screaming. I was like grabbing my head. It was insane on both sides today, MPO and FPO. That was amazing. And the MPO, like everybody talks about how open the FPO division is and anybody can win on any given day. We still see the same names there. We've seen, you know, uh, you know, Ella's there. You still, there's three or four, there's three or four people always in the top 10, it seems. And that seems to be with the men's, uh, the, the mixed division as well. Like there's Calvin's yeah. up there. And, but, you know, we had a winner that I don't think anybody would necessarily expected to win on the, the mixed side Kyle. this time. Yeah. And so, he shot lights out today. Clean yeah. Oh, card, yeah. 13 down. And um, again, though, they had a backup on 18. So, he got to sit, if you guys watched it live and hopefully the Joe man's cameras caught it, he got to turn around on 18's T-pad and you can see the long piece of 17's fairway. And he got to watch Adam Hammes throw his second shot. And it was going to depend. It would be the deciding thing on what Kyle would do. And when Adam aired out and headed towards the OB and landed long at the pin, like for a big comeback putt, they panned straight to Kyle's face and he was like, his jaw dropped and his eyes were huge. And he turned his head and looked up at his caddy, like, holy crap. Like he knew the moment was his to lose. Yeah. Right. Throw that disc out there and park it for the birdie and take the win. And so, you know, again, there's those emotions. Yep. They talk and they're friends on tour, but there's those like, you know, it's coming down to that level of, you're not wishing Adam to miss, but I'm sure Kyle was just on the edge of his seat watching Adam throw that. And the look on his face said it all when Adam did not nail that drive perfectly. Well, he then, didn't go OB, but it wasn't yeah. an easy comeback. Then you could, argue, I mean, my my th- argument is that, hey, I forget what hole it was, but Adam had a hole in one. Mm-hmm. You know, so that, they, they almost like cancer. You, you have that. Whenever someone gets a hole in one, and you know, the, at the professional level, they're running it, but all they have to do is that comes out like five millimeters left of where they meant to throw it. It's going to come close, but you, I mean, so there's so much luck in a hole in one. Well, and today yeah. Adam even said, he said, I wasn't trying to go for yeah. it. I was trying to like to park hit the it, ground yeah. 60 feet out and just yeah. skip up for a happy bird. And I think it was Terry Miller or Nate Doss said it was called an accidental ace because if, yeah. the, if the basket wouldn't have caught that, he was going to be deep in the woods. It could have been a bogey. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I, so you know, those, those things tend to, you know, so you have a shot like that on 17 and then, but you have, I mean, he wouldn't have been there if it yeah. hadn't have been for the accidental ace. Um, exactly. Cause he was losing momentum when that, eight, yeah. when he hit that ace and it yeah. kind of picked him up and, you know, I, Matt, Mattio, he was right in the mix until he messed up there. He went a couple, went bogey, bogey back to back. Yeah. Um, Cole Radolin, like that kid, don't count him out. Like, did he come in third, I think, or fourth? I, he was tied. Yeah. Like he was on fire today too. And that was the really cool thing. There was just so many, Calvin was up there, but there yeah. was just so many young, newer names to the game. But I just want to shout out uh nate sexton calavisca and maddie o three ogs were in the top 10 today yeah which was nate, so cool. nate sexton came out of nowhere to, he had a really good round yeah and he actually he chose to go to waco i was listening to nate dawson terry miller say he's he's was supposed to be doing um 
uh, commentary in the booth and he opted out because he felt like he could do well in Waco. And yeah. so he did. So it's, it's, yeah, it's nice to see that those guys are still hanging in there. Macbeth, like yeah, he, there's someone that didn't play well. He, he was charging this weekend or today for yeah. sure, but he didn't make the top 10. No. So it's nice. It's, we're starting to see that shift. Like we said, the world title that everyone wants to buy for this year and the disc golf pro tour title, they're going to be hard to get this year. People are yeah. going to have to be on their game. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So it looks, I mean, we're two, three weeks in, including the Memorial and it looks like it's going to be a fun professional season. Oh, it's going awesome. to be a fun amateur season in BC. So I'm looking forward to all the kind of C tier events and the doomsdays and yeah, so it's going to be, I think it's going to be a great year and we'll, we'll, we'll give our comments on the pro tour yeah. and we'll give our feelings on about what we're doing in disc golf. In and future. lots of, lots of big events coming up. Like we've got the TCO uh, with $10,000 added cash right now and growing. Uh, we've got the uh, BC open, which is an A tier. They've got over Four, almost 450 I think maybe yeah. in registered players and we got the harvest hack coming up at the end of September which has got ten thousand dollars out of cash which is only a B tier BC's got some really good events and lots of C tiers coming and we got the the crush August 12th and 13th a woman's B tier so there's lots happening for higher level events but there's yeah. so much happening around the province the Kootenai's got a, a series going the KDGC's got a series going of C tiers it's going to be awesome yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of disc golf played. And Absolutely. a lot of tears shed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's enough of what we've been up to. Let's go um, to the circle and we'll introduce our guest. Today in the circle, we are happy to have Bobby Brown, who is, in his own words, Mr. I shouldn't say in his own words, maybe in Clash Discs words, Mr. USA for Clash Discs. And before we get into your role with Clash Discs, how did, um, what's your background and how did you get into disc golf? Um, back in 2009, um, I had a buddy of mine that his dad was building two, uh, he wanted to build two golf courses on his land in Pahuska, Oklahoma. Found out that that was very expensive. So at one time he was driving uh, around Tulsa and saw baskets and asked somebody about them because it was on a big open land. And they said it was disc golf. So he did some uh, research and decided to build two disc golf courses on his land and brought in the green country open, which was at the time of PDJ national national tour event. And uh, he came to me, the guy, Jim Taylor came to me and said, Hey, I need help with the website and maybe do some video work. And I thought, well, I've been wanting to do some video stuff and maybe, do media as my job and career. So I started helping him with that and got introduced to Joe Rotan of Innova and started doing work for him and then did what I believe to be, if not one of the first, but the first um, live disc golf coverage. Um, I literally had, um, <clears throat> at the time I was driving an expedition, I had a desktop computer in the back of my expedition with the camera set up I had a super long uh, Ethernet cable going to the guy's house, and I was through. I can't even remember the the platform I was using to stream, but I was streaming just two holes. And I remember there was about twenty people watching, and one guy <laughs> said, "One guy said he was from Australia watching disc golf," and I thought it was amazing. So, 
That's so cool. that, that yeah, that kind of got my start in disc golf, and then I got introduced to some people in PDGA and just started doing um, doing some video work for them. So, are you a, a media guy? Is that what is that you all kind of? I'm kind schooling? of a self. Yeah, no. Well, I kind of self taught. Just was always fascinated by video and uh, recording video and editing video, and uh, um, just was always fascinated by it. And so, um, at the, I, uh, before that, I was working at a credit union. And I was working in the IT department and I talked my boss into letting me buy some camera equipment. And I started creating um, internal training videos and uh, had the CEO create a podcast and things like that. And so I kind of did the YouTube training where I kind of trained myself uh, doing it. So that's kind of how I got my start. That's cool. And correct me if I'm wrong, but Kerry, when you know we were talking about having you on the show, you worked for Dynamic Discs as a media guy, I believe. Yes. 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 How many years did you do that for? Uh, so about in around 2009, I was doing tournament stuff and, and Jeremy Rusko happened to come to Pahuska to do an event and I met him. I was very impressed with how he ran events and I thought if I'm going to do anything in disc golf media, I need to connect with him. So actually around 2009, I started doing part-time stuff for him and uh, I decided my first tournament, I remember at the, at the beginning, I emailed him and said, would you find him? a value to have someone come film, take photos. And he said, yeah, anytime you, you happen to come to Emporia, you know, come and film one of our events. And so I remember talking to my wife at the time and I said, I want to do this. So I drove my car down to Emporia, spent the night in my truck sleeping, woke up the next day and there was an event going on. I went up to Jeremy and I said, here I am. And he was like, oh my God, you took me up on this. And I was like, yep. And uh, so I started filming uh, and doing stuff and uh, come to find out it was the 2009 Glass One Open. So the Glass One Open was always kind of my milestone because it was the first event that I said I was actually going to go on the road and do stuff. So, uh, and of course, you know that, yeah, of course, you know, the Glass One Open is the, the big, huge event for Dynamic Discs. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Uh, and during this time, did you ever pick up a disc and play yourself? Um, yes, every now and then I would pick up a disc and play. I wasn't a big time player um, at all while I was doing that, but but I did start playing it, fell in love with the sport and thought it was really cool. But yeah, I wasn't ever really, a, I never played disc golf before, never heard about it until met the guy that wanted me to do the, the video stuff for the Green Country Open. Cool. So you're working for Dynamic Discs as a media guy who are now very established company. And then in 2021, I believe, you either knock on Clash Disc Store or they knock on your door. Oh, no, so, so I yeah. Love this so, story. Yeah, and so, and so in 2009, uh, I started doing part-time and then um, was doing only part-time, traveling a little bit. And then 2014, DD hired me on as full-time. So I moved from Tulsa, Oklahoma to Emporia, Kansas. And was working full time for them. It was it was so funny because at the at the very beginning when I was trying to tell Jeremy I, was, I wanted to do social media for them, he was like, "Well, do you think you'll have enough work? I mean, will you be would, would you be willing to pull orders if there wasn't enough social media stuff to do?" And I said, "Yes, I'll do anything. I just want to get in there and going." And I and I laugh at it now because as I now I think they have like five or six people in media, and so uh, it turned by the time when I left there was me and two other guys, or actually me me two other guys and then a part-time melissa that had just started so we were building the media department um so yes i was working for them full-time traveling and stuff and was on the board of directors and helping build the business and things like that and 
And then in around 20, I think it was 2020 or 2021, decided to leave Dynamic Disc to move closer back home, to be closer to family, closer to my kids. Um, I had gotten a divorce, so it was like every Oklahoma yeah. was home base. So, yeah. um, and then so I was doing freelance social media, and uh, got a, a guy, Randy or Rauli, is he's known in Finland, reached out to me and said, "We want to do some social media. Would you help us out?" And I said, "Sure, yeah, I'll I'll help out." And so they became a client, and I learned that they were actually like they have manufacturing machines. They want to really like make a big scene on class disc or a big scene in disc golf. And, and through the last year, I've just become more and more involved in what they do. But the, what was interesting is that the, the guy that created Timo, the, one, the guy that actually started making the discs, he knew nothing about disc golf. He's a COVID disc golfer, as I'm sure some people have heard, that he discovered disc golf during COVID, wanted to uh, have discs for his kids because his kids wanted to play. Couldn't find any disc because, as we know, during COVID, they became, you know, very hard to get because of inventory issues. Yep. And so he had ties to plastic and he had ties to where the Nokia factories where they actually made the Nokia phones back in the day, the plastic. And so he brought this idea of making discs to these people. And they said, yeah, we can make it. And so they started making discs. And that's what he would give his kids. And then he reached out to Raul and said, we've got this we want to make discs and Raleigh was like, this is great plastic. The discs aren't so good, but this is great plastic. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he helped them. He's, he's a big pro in Finland. He's well known. He's, a, he's actually a commentator for, he, he would be kind of like the Jomez that we know here, but he is that in Finland as far okay. as commentary. Um, and so he helped them actually make some good discs. Well, what was interesting is that when they first met, when Timo first met, Rauli, they kept saying, we need social media. We need to talk to Bobby. They, that's how they said my name, Bobby. And uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, we'll get, we'll, we'll talk to Bobby, whatever. And then a month later, they were like, okay, time for social media. Let's talk to Bobby. And uh, Rauli was like, okay, who's this Bobby guy? And they said, Bobby Brown. And Rauli goes, Bobby Brown? Yes, we need to talk to Bobby Brown. <laughs> so they... <laughs> They got a hold of me, and then, and you know, we're we're now we're here where we are, and uh, they've just been they're just really great guys. They're having a, a great time, and they uh, built making discs, and um, they came out to the conference that we had in Arizona, and uh, they've just been loving disc golf in the community, just like most of us have done in our disc golf life. Is we've got involved, we've met the disc golf community, and we feel the love, and we want to be more a part of it, and that's kind of what's happening to them. I find it interesting. You got this Finnish company. And, you know, you have, it's like almost naming paint colors or naming cars, <laughs> you know, and, and you got this Finnish company that are naming their dish popcorn, spice, mango. Was there a reasoning behind that? Do you know? <clears throat> so there, a lot of people say that they're, you know, cause they give name suggestions based off, uh, basically you, if you could go to a grocery store, you could find names for the discs, but that, that's not necessarily what they're, they just, their thing is, is if you can hold it in your hand and it can be a thing, then then it's a possibility to be a name of a disc. So far, the names are, they give a sense of, like when you think of mango, you can actually, it's like a tangible, like a, like a feeling or a taste or something like a mango yeah. or a spice yeah. or something. It's it like brings a, some, something yeah. to your senses or something yeah. like that. Yeah. That's, That's cool. pretty cool. Now, now I'm thinking that this totally differently, you know, like <laughs> I'm expect now if I pick up a popcorn disc, I'm, I'm expecting it to, uh, 
be buttery smooth yeah uh, yeah exactly. or even yeah. though i've said have a little bit of pop you know like when it releases my hand it just you know pops out well, it'll pop or, to it, yeah yeah the, new, yeah the new commercial that was just in the waco uh live coverage with the spice with the spice. eric oakley uh -huh. and, you know that that was awesome that was really good yeah. and i love those commercials it gives you a, exactly it gives you a sense of the disc like it connects yeah. you yeah yeah i, I just uh, was just disc golfing nine holes a local course and I was talking to my friend and said, you know, I was having you come on and you were the Clash Disc. And he goes, I love the popcorn ad. It's yeah. awesome. It's great. <laughs> it is. It's so How did those ads come about? Were you involved in that process or was that? Um, no, they, there's a gentleman named Ilka who is, actually owns a branding agency in Finland. And again, he was just good friends with Timo and Marku, the people that started the company. And uh, they hire him to, and he's a, he loves disc golf as well. Ilka, but he's just very creative. And in fact, the very first commercial, the uh, what was it, the the one with Nico, um, that he pitched that idea to them, and they looked at him like he was crazy, like that's the stupidest thing we've ever heard. Wouldn't <laughs> this is there's no way. And Ilka was kind of like, let me just plead, let me let me do it. And so he made it, and they were like, yes, this is awesome, this is great. They're my so, favorite commercials. They're oh awesome. yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, yes. Ilka is the creative mind behind that. So I just got to get, contribute to the voice at the end. That's about all I was able to contribute <laughs> to that. So let's get to your role as yeah. Mr. USA, as, yeah. we, as, we, as we introduced you. This Finnish company now want to make an impact in, the, the, in North America. I think mm -hmm. we're in Canada. And so we'll, sure. you know, so what's your role as Mr. USA in helping do that? Yeah. So at the beginning, it was just more of just I was creating social media. They were sending me uh, assets, graphics and things like that, um, pictures and stuff. And I would just do their social media posting and stuff. And then they said, you know, we're a small company. And however, if you want to work an hour a day on this, that's great. Or if you want to work more on it, then we want you to be part of this. We want to help help it grow. So I started there were times they would contact me and they'd say, hey, we're trying to get a hold of this person, but they don't seem to be returning our emails. Can you I'm like, oh, yeah, I know him. Let me email him real quick. And then they would get back to me like later that afternoon. And they're like, you know, do more of this is basically do what more. they were saying. <laughs> do more of this. So right now, because they're so small, I wear a lot of hats. So I, I have an ambassador team that I work with here that I found the people. I work with them. I let them, you know, send them discs and stuff. Um, I put in them in connection with a lot of the top pro player agents. I've talked to a few agents to get some of the top pro people on our team. And then I've talked to stores to get the discs in their stores. I've talked to uh, the Disc Golf Pro Tour on their behalf. And then I'm still creating content with them. Just like I just got back from Waco, you know, met up with Erica Stinchcomb, Eric Oakley, James Proctor and Scott Withers, made, you know, filming and doing the practice rounds and stuff like that. So I'm going to create content with them and post content there. And then that they worked out a deal where they're sending me misprints. So I've now got classdiscsfactory.com where it's the misprints and they're going to send me misprints and I'll have like an online store. And so it's like, I'm, it's, it's all over the place that I'm doing it for, you know, building, help build them, build them over here, but I'm enjoying it. It's, it's hectic. It's crazy, but it very much, it's very similar to what happened with dynamic disc where I, when I started with dynamic disc, we had maybe five or six people, doing dynamic disc traveling and doing different things and so i was all part of that building process and it's very similar 
And so it's been really good to have that experience now, but with a new company that's just starting. Do you, do you feel the same? Like I know being part of DD's team or Westside's team and having been around Rusco and McCabe, and it's a very friendly feeling, very inclusive. Do you feel like they're trying to create that same kind of sense having you there with the team and just making it a really like easygoing, uh, inclusive? It's not, they don't want to be like super corporate and not in touch with their players. Right. Very much so. Very much. um, And in fact, that kind of is their philosophy on the open bag. Uh, way of looking at things like they knew they didn't have a complete lineup, but that's not the only reason that we have an open bag with our players. They want the players to succeed. And if, if it's a, if a disc that we make right now helps you succeed, then throw it. But if not throw what you know, you trust, then let us know, well, Hey, could you make this a little more flippy? Could you make this a little more stable, man? This disc, I love this disc. Check it out. Can you make something that fills this slot? I mean, they're very open, especially after uh, the Vegas challenge. You know, a lot of people saw the coverage where they saw Withers and Proctor on the top card. And people were like, wow, why are they not throwing very many of their discs? That we were like, okay. So they actually, we had a group Facebook messenger, um, you know, where we talked during the event and things like that. But right after they're like, hey guys, what do we need to make so that you guys can have a disc to throw at these distances, what can you, what do you, what do you, we saw that you weren't throwing our disc, what can we make to make it happen? And so they're very open, very receptive to what they need to make to help the players out. Very player forward. But the thing that I, got me is that even when we have a complete lineup, it's still going to be open back. That's, they that's want, really right. Cool. Yeah. They want you to throw the disc because you want them not to yeah. throw the disc, not because we're telling you, you have to throw the disc. With Thought Space, um, we've talked with Thomas Gilbert. He has to throw 50% Thought Space in the bag and then anything else he wants. Will you guys eventually, do you think you'll go to that kind of, no? My understanding My understanding is no. We will never, wow. we will That's never have so any forward time, thinking. No, yeah, no time limit, no percentage. Again, their thinking is if you don't want to throw a class disc, then they're not doing their job. They're wow. not making the product that makes you want to say, I'm going to throw this, this, because I know it's going to do what it, I want it to do. That's cool. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. So are there, and excuse my ignorance, um, yeah. but are there any signature discs out there for Clash discs yet? Or do you think that'll be coming? A signature as in and for like, the player? Yeah. Eric Oakley spice disc. Uh, the spikes, the spice is yeah. a tour series disc. Oh yeah. Um, so it has his name on it. And now the, the what's special about that disc is Eric was actually in on it. He actually helped design the disc. He was literally on. We were on conference calls where it was me, Eric, Rauli, and the uh, the actual guy that had the computer graphic comp- software up. And Eric would say, "What if we did this?" And he would create parting lines and he would they would say no that's not going to get what you desire what if we do this and so he was part of the design so that's when we say the eric oakley spice it is the eric oakley spice he helped us create that disc cool so kind of on what clive was saying mm-hmm. um, like you know when, when i'm when i think castoplast i think the berg or the lots is, is there a, is there a disc that you know clash says okay it's the popcorn or it's the mint or yeah there, it's interesting because there's a couple of discs that let, like we thought was going to be like the disc, but it hasn't. The wow, I would say for the beginners 
And the average player, the wild honey has become, in, become the one that has sold out a lot of places. They can't keep those in stock. That's a distance driver. Distance and drive. I heard okay. Erica was Sorry. throwing it. I think she was throwing it in her Jomez practice round and she mentioned yep. it a couple times. So yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. The wild honey. I throw it. I love the wild honey and I don't have an arm. So it's, a, it's for the people that don't have an arm, <laughs> oh, you can oh. get distance on it for sure. I'll have to check it out then. You have to <laughs> check, yeah. And then I would say it, the other one that would, that's kind of, I think is kind of a, an underdog that people don't think about is the peach and it's just relatively new. Um, it's a mid range, a straight flying mid range, but it was uh, power grip. I think for the last, for the last quarter, it was number three top seller. The wild honey was number one uh, seller for power grip USA. Nice. And so those are, yeah, those are very popular. And then the one I think that, that people need to get on, and I know it's hard because people love their putters is the popcorn. The popcorn is a solid throwing putter for sure. Um, a lot of the, the pros say that they really like the popcorn, but people just really you know, you know how you people are with their putters. They love yeah. their putters. So it's hard to give up their putter. So I get that. But I would say so. But no, as far as like a standout, standout one, I, I would say the wild honey, the peach and the popcorn would be right now the top ones we have. But of course, this year we're looking to put out eight more molds. Eight. Um, yeah. Eight more molds. Now, whether wow. we do it or not, I don't know. But the plan is to put out eight more molds. And so that's so kind of what's on the there schedule. There could be a full a full bag, a full clash bag if someone wanted to carry one. Yes. If someone wanted to, by the end of 2023, they should be able to have a full bag. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I, be honest, I have not thrown a clash disc. Um, what? Yeah, I, know. I haven't Sorry. either. I haven't, and, I haven't even held one in my hand yet. So. And I'll, I'll, be, I'll be going down to our local store and I don't, I know he's getting some in. I know he's got, I know he's got a wild honey down there, but um, I'll be getting one from our local store yeah. and, and trying them out. And, you know, I'm, um, I'm like most, like I, I find this I like, but I'm stubborn. I, I like, I will, I will never throw a buzz because my best friend throws a buzz and he dreams about the buzz. So I have, I throw the pathfinder, which is basically the same <laughs> disc, but I'm never throwing a buzz because my best friend throws a buzz. And then it comes to like, you know, you get certain stars or disc golfers that you like and you don't like. Yeah, yeah. And there was one person that used to be a Clash player that I wasn't a big fan of. <laughs> so wonder not, who that not, is. Not mentioning yeah, any yeah, names. I wonder who. So I, so it's like I'm not, I'm not going to Clash Discs. That guy throws Clash Discs. But now we're that player free of Clash Discs. You know, and that's you know. and that's just and, and the way the industry is, though, it, right? It is. Yeah. You grab it, grabs it the stigma, and you're like, ah. Oh, but, but but again, you know, you've got more disc golfers in there, and there's a lot of names that that I like that are throwing Clash Discs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then to be to be fair, the the player that we shall not name actually <laughs> actually helped put class oh. uh, on the on the on the yes. on the map. Yeah, um, a lot of Definitely. people tried it out because they they loved that player. They they yeah, they, right. they like that player, so they tried it. So yep, you know, yeah, and that's the like way it said, works. Yeah, yeah, but that's disc yeah. golf. I mean, some people will throw because a certain player throws. Some people won't throw because a certain player yeah. throws. Yeah, yeah, and that's just you know, if the disc is good, throw it. Well, I'm the same way. Um, I've known Eric since 2007, maybe. And when the judge came out in 2013, he pulled the AVR out of my hand and put a judge in my hand. And I haven't looked back 10 years. I've never, <laughs> I've never thrown, I will throw the EVAC judge now, but I have never used another putter in 10 years. I haven't, yeah, So, yeah. you know, uh, and I have the option of so many being trilogy. And <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I get it, but 
You never know. I might have to try popcorn. Maybe we'll maybe we'll grab some clash discs and we'll do a review, Clive. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I think you'll like the, the biggest thing that I've I've noticed people when people pick up is the plastic. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of great plastics out there right right now. Um, there are some that are, are not. I mean, as soon as you pick it up, you're like, eh. But yeah. The yeah. biggest thing people say is like, wow, this feels good. The plastic feels good. Is it yeah. just one kind of plastic right now? Like, or is it? They have, different? well, they have the steady, the hardy, and then the softy. So there's three plastics, but the, the steady is the one that's, that you're probably going to find more often is the steady plastic. Okay. Um, they're working on different ones because even we had, we just recently had the anniversary box, which actually had some special blends and we actually had some core and we put it out there as an, an it was a one-year anniversary box but we were we told people these are experimental we want your feedback and so even like the core plastic we put out there some people liked it some people didn't more people didn't like it yep. so we're not going to do the core plastic is that so just like a baseline of, is that the equivalent to like a dx or a prime or no no or? it was it was it was it was a, a well, it was a premium plastic Okay. But it, it somehow, for, for whatever reason, I mean, I don't know the reason behind that, but the core plastic made a lot of our discs too flippy. Okay. okay. And so we, we're not going to do that, but that was an experiment. So if, if you're listening and you bought an anniversary box and you have a core plastic, you need to hold on to that because it could be worth something down the road. Because we're not going to make it. That? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not going to make it anymore. Um, so they, they are working on plastics. And uh, one of the things that I, what I learned that I thought was amazing is that, uh, like I said, they have several machines and they actually have two prototype machines, whereas other companies, it may take them, a, if they have an idea from idea to prototype, throwing prototype, it might take them a month or two. It takes them a week. Oh, wow. They have, yeah, they have the facilities, they have the oh. machines right there to make the prototype. Well, that's crazy. If you think the, making the molds would just take mm -hmm. time. You know, yeah. you, just, you just something by a couple of millimeters, there's a new mold. And right. yeah, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So where do you think, or where do you hope Clash Discs will be, say, in five years? In five years? <clears throat> in five years, I'm hoping to have my own distribution warehouse here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I'm distributing Clash Discs, and they are among the top. I would, I want them in five years, I want them top five uh brand and the big stores i'm sure we'll have a bag i know we'll have at least one bag that we're, we're already working on okay. that will be out in a couple months um definitely have more players have more ambassadors have more levels of teams just like most other places have where we'll have more representation out there i want to see class this more i want to see more you know, blank, blank presented by class disc, you know, events nice. over, you know, in different regions and, and all kinds of B tiers, C tiers, A tiers. So, yeah, I, I would can very much see we've got the foundation to be one of the top brands out there in the next five years. That's cool. I, I love it. I love it. And yeah. they've got the right person at the helm, Mr. USA. Mr. <laughs> USA, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll see. It's, it's been a crazy, you know, the one thing that, that the biggest thing is that you know, being in disc golf since 2009 and then seeing these guys, it really has given me a fresh new perspective on things. Just seeing the, not that I was like losing any zest for disc golf, but it's just really cool to see them get excited about certain things and get excited about disc golf and bringing new things. I mean, there's some of those things that, that they were showing me prototypes and things that I haven't seen in the disc golf world that they're just they're And what was interesting is that 
they didn't when the when Timo wanted to make disc, he didn't go to, in other words, he made it from scratch. He didn't go, oh, Innova does it that way. I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do the same thing and just make my thing. No, he went to a people that just knew plastics. They didn't yeah. know disc off, but they knew plastic and they helped him create a disc. And so it's like a whole whole new outlook and new way of looking at things. And I think it's really cool. Well, I was at All-Stars. That's where we connected and I talked yeah. with you and I briefly got to talk to them. But what I what blew my mind was they were they were there. They were front and center. They were so excited about the sport. They were on the ropes. They were watching. They, you could see their mind was blowing when like Simon would throw a line or yeah. Calvin would. And they were like, like they would get so excited. And I just, I remember just smiling ear to ear. And I said to my husband, I'm like, that is so cool. Where's yeah. all the other manufacturers? No one's uh -huh. standing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, There's the, no one else. And they on were the fanboy. They were showing me pictures. I got pictures with Calvin. Totally I got pictures with Paul. You know, yeah, they yeah. were fanboying, which was, <laughs> it was really awesome. cool. Yeah, it's really, it really cool. cool. Yeah. That, yeah, that's cool. And I'm looking forward to, you know, the different molds that will come out over the next year or so. And yeah, I think this week I'll be picking up my first Clash disc. Awesome. That's and good. I'll, and I'll, uh, How it goes. I'll video my first throw. Well, yeah, my first throw of the Clash disc. That'll I'm be, excited yeah. about the team, actually. And yeah. do you have plans for like a junior team or to have juniors on your team or expand the FPO or the, just the female side of it? Yes, yeah, so there's so, and that's it's. I I smile because like there are so many things. I went to them and like we need to have we need to have juniors. We need to have we need to have more females. We need to have we need to have this. And they're like, yes, we know. Let's you know. It's like we and I have to remember they're only a year. They've only been out a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. And so they they know all these things they got to do. But we've got to put you know. It's like let's make a few more discs and then we can do this and then we can do this. But yes, all of that's in the works. All of that's in the plans. All that's on the on the list of things to get accomplished. Yeah. It's just we've got to take it step by step. Yeah. Now, now sure. that they're, they're new, I, I mean they're new over here, but they're new in Europe as well. But you know, you've got that. I believe teams in Finland, team of Swedish players, um, mm -hmm. three or four countries, I believe. <clears throat> Have they got a kind of nice chunk of the market in Europe already? Yes. Now, now over in Finland, they're doing pretty well. They're doing yeah. pretty well over in Finland. They've got a lot of connections in Finland. From my understanding, they rival the Latitude 64 and the Discmania relevancy that's over in Finland. So um, they're being taken notice. And a lot of people, a lot of people have said, as far as the plastic feel, it reminds them of the cast of plastic. And I mean, I would imagine, I don't, again, I don't know the exact plastic they get, but I would imagine some of the plastics is some very similar or come from the same yeah. source. Okay. Awesome. So I want to just ask you a few questions. How yeah, you, I love it. How did you end up? I'm going to digress a little bit. No, how okay. did you end up as the disc golf answer man? Oh, that's great. Now, yeah. So yeah. that was that was around 2013, 2014. And of course, I was good friends with Eric McKay, and I knew podcasting was a thing that needed to be done in the disc golf world. So I had actually learned how to do podcasting. As I mentioned, I got my uh, the CEO at the credit union where I worked at. I got him to do a podcast that taught me how to do podcasting. And then at the time, uh, my, my wife at the time, we were going to live full time in an RV and travel for disc golf. And so we started a podcast called Living the RV Life. And we did that for about a little under a year. Where we just And that, again, taught me how to do podcasts. 
So I approached Eric McCabe and I said, we need to do a podcast. And I said, we can get content from people that just send in questions. Cause it was like, I wanted people to learn about disc golf. And then when they discovered disc golf, I wanted the, us to teach them about disc golf. Yep. And so uh, I was listening at the time to a podcast called the podcast answer man. And that's, <laughs> and that's similar. What he did, people would email him questions and he would answer questions about running a podcast. So I thought, well, disc golf answer man, that would make sense. We'll get you the answers, either for me, a guy that barely plays or Eric McKay, you know, top pro. And so that's that's kind of how it started. It was just me and it was just me and him for a while. And then, of course, when I got full time dynamic discs that they kind of I don't want to say they took over the show, but obviously we were there yeah. to promote dynamic discs and Westside and Latitude 64. Yeah, it was it was one of the first podcasts I listened to. Yeah. Golf. So, yeah. And you got to you took the name with you, obviously. Because right. So because because I started it. it right. Well, because I started Disc Golf Management before getting hired on at Dynamic Disc, it was an entity that I owned. And okay. so when I was when I left uh, Dynamic Disc, that was something that me and Jeremy talked about. And so he, he was like, yes, you obviously get to keep the name. So I kept it going. And that on that was one of the things when after leaving Dynamic Disc, I wasn't sure I was going to stay in Disc Golf. That was one of the things that was most sad about not having around anymore. And so it did kind of go away, come back, go away, come back. And now it's back, back, back. Um, and so, but it's one of the projects that I would say I have the most fun doing. Yeah. Sometimes it can be the most tedious one, um, but it's the one I have the most fun talking with people. It's, I love it. Yeah. And like, you're so easy to talk to, right? So yeah. it's very cool. So those are just my kind. I just wanted to know how you got into it Absolutely. and how it, how it came about. So yeah, because yeah. I just remember talking with Eric and finding it and listening to it and just loving it. And the questions that people would ask and you guys trying to like, sometimes figure out what people were asking. Yeah. And yeah. So, yeah. so what, what yeah, was the, what was the kind of craziest question you answered? Oh gosh, I don't know the craziest one. I know the one that we got the most was how do I get sponsored and how do I throw farther? And that was, <laughs> that was always, that was the most question we got. And we don't, you'd always know that someone like, it was always the distance one that we were like, okay, this is obviously a new listener because we've answered this question. I don't know how many times. Yeah. Um, yeah. And same thing with sponsorship. Um, I, I don't know. That, that'd be interesting. I don't know the craziest one. Um, I do know people would pick on me because I could never, I would always uh, mispronounce names. And so I, some people would send in weird names just to see if I, how I would mispronounce <laughs> it. Um, that was always funny. Yeah. In fact, the fun now the funniest story with me mispronouncing was we had some some uh, young man sent in a question, and I <laughs> I was reading. It. I said this question is from Malachi, and I started reading the question. and And Robert McCall, of course, uh, was on the show at the time, and he said, "Whoa, wait, 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 what's the name?" And I said, "Malachi." He goes, "You mean Malachi?" <laughs> 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 I just couldn't help it because what do you do? I mean, what do you, I, you know, yeah. and I love that you guys, it yeah. wasn't edited. It was, you guys kept no, yeah. it was super fun. The, 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 the young man that, that I did that found it was, he was so tickled by it. And it was such a thing. It was it became such a thing that the following GBO, he came and he had a shirt that said, hi, I'm Malachi. And it had like Malachi on it, on his t-shirt. <laughs> and he came up and took a picture with me. And I was, that was the, 
to have a, a, a listener do that, to make a t-shirt, come out and want to take pictures. That was like a highlight that just made my day. That was amazing. And I just love that people listen enough to be able to yeah. do stuff like that. It's just awesome. Totally. Yeah. 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 We've had a couple of things like that. that we've mentioned in podcasts where, um, probably people get tired because um the last podcast i was on uh, following ella hansen around uh on a course and i was introduced to this guy um by a mutual friend and he goes yeah i know who he is i recognize his voice from the podcast yeah. you know and, <laughs> that's and that's awesome. just like that's that's cool you know and, uh, that's, yeah we interviewed holland and then i met her in the lineup for the porta potty at all stars <laughs> And I'm like, Colin, I want to introduce myself. And she's like, I recognize your voice. So it was like, oh, that's yeah, cool. that's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah, that was uh, just an audit. We didn't do video with Holland, did we? No. Um, no, we didn't. But yeah. No. So as you're the answer man, we have a few questions for you that we <laughs> okay. ask. We, we ask all our guests. Um, and, they're, you know, so the first one is you're going out to play around. What three MPOs do you want on your card with you? Oh, th- oh, sorry, wow. no, I shouldn't say that. Three professionals, MPO or FPO players that you want professional, to with you. Great. Just a fun um, round. Yeah, a fun gonna, round with I'm three gonna, people. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, probably upset some people. Uh, my favorite, I would always have to say, of course, I get to see him all the time, but Eric Oakley is one of my favorite people out there. Um, so I would definitely want to have him on there. Calvin Heinberg, he's, he's, he has stayed at my house before. Uh, when I was living in Port Kansas and you, he's quiet. He's a quiet dude, keeps himself, but he is hilarious when you start just chilling and talking to him. He's a hilarious guy. His level of um, smack talk is amazing. Oh gosh. Yes. <laughs> oh yes. And it's, yeah, it's like so low key, but man, he'll, oh, it he'll, is. He'll get after it. Um, and then I would have to say, I mean, at Paige Pierce, just because I haven't, I've known Paige Pierce for a long time. And I used to, back in the day when she was Dynamic Disc, like way back in the day, before Dynamic Disc even was a manufacturer, um, she was always cool to hang out with. And she would always want to, she would always want to help me with video stuff, which I always thought was fun. She, she would love doing it. She would always grab the camera and she would say, okay, I'm going to interview you, Bobby, or something like that. So she was always cool. cool. And she's always been a cool person. And, um, yeah, I would say those are the three people I'd like to just play a chill round with. That'd be a fun round. What a fun round. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Might be a little bit biased on this one um, uh-huh. now, um, but if you were to play, you know, you're going out with Kerry and I for a fun round and you could only take one disc with you to play with, what disc would that be? Oh, and it's, it's good weather. We're not talking yeah. wind or anything. No. just yeah. nice, sunny weather. Yeah. Well, remember, I open bags so I can pick whatever I want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, let's say any disc you want, and then the one clash disc you think you could do. Oh, okay. okay. And we're talking just a short little local 18 hole, not like a big yeah. course. Yeah. I would still say it would be the pre Sweden EMAC. Well, it, it's, a, it's a truth, but the pre Sweden truth. So it flies very much like an EMAC truth. Yep. But it was a it was a, a American dyed flag one that I had that had, in fact, the, the weight was stamped on there, not embossed or however they do it yep. before. And that thing flew so good. And so I would every time we would have a one round or one disc round, that's the disc I would grab. Cool. Um, You're talking like you don't have it anymore. I sold it. Okay. Oh. 
I sold it. Yeah. Someone okay. really, really, someone really, really wanted it. And I thought, you know what? I'll go ahead and let it, you know, I'll sell it. So I sold it. Now, Clash Disc, a one round or one disc round Clash Disc, I would have to say probably the Berry. The okay. Berry is a slight, for me, it's a slightly overstable mid range that that way I could put it on a little bit of an ante if I needed a little bit of distance on it to get that little S curve on it. But then it definitely has a stability I would need if I, I needed something, some stability in a disc. Perfect. Cool. So this one, these, these next two are going to be uh, <laughs> favorite course you've played and a bucket mm. list course that you are, that's right up there that you need to get to. My favorite course ever played will be in Sheleftia in Sweden. I went there, I've been there twice, but went there and that course is just amazing. The green, the greens are amazing. Um, it was designed by Thomas Ekstrom of Latitude 64. And still to this day, I want to go back and play it again. But it's just, it was just, it was the trees are amazing. The course is amazing. It's very challenging. Shoot, the first hole is over a thousand feet. <laughs> and so it's like a crazy start to it. But it's just a, it's just a fun course. The course, I, the uh, you said a fantasy or a bucket list. Bucket list. Yeah. I have yet to play Blue Ribbon Pine. Okay. I have been traveling all over the place and I have yet to play that course. I have yet to see the famous tunnel shot hole in person. And I want to see that. Uh, it looks amazing. That, that would be right up there for me too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I yeah, everybody, every, that's always been something that people, I can't believe I haven't been, never been out there, but I have never been out there. So if people wanted to find out more about yourself and clash discs, where should they go to? Yeah, if for me, you can go to uh, on Instagram, just search for Uncle Bobby Jr. That's another nickname I have. I have two nicknames. <laughs> um, Uncle Bobby Jr. on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, and then, of course, Clash Discs. You can just search Clash Discs on all the platforms and follow. Um, we're having some fun on the YouTube channel, getting more. Their YouTube channel is not very big. I think they have maybe 600 uh, subscribers right now. But we've got some fun videos with Jacob Cupcake Curtis. And uh, with Erica, and uh, I'll, this week I'm working on a James Proctor and an Eric Oakley practice round one. So that'll be out on, uh, no, I'm sorry, uh, James Proctor and Scott Withers practice round video out there. So, and is it um, just Clash Discs for YouTube? Yes, yeah, just Clash, okay. yeah, yeah, Clash okay. Discs. Yep, yep. Okay. We'll see if we can get you a few more subscribers. <laughs> yes, I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> We're going to build that. We need to build that, that channel for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for giving up your Sunday evening. Absolutely. And yeah, and thanks for chatting us and, and wish you the best and wish Clash Discs the best. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll get a disc and probably throw it next weekend and, you know, let, let you know yeah. how, how I did. Absolutely. And, I appreciate it, probably it. If it. And if the disc doesn't work, it won't be the disc. It'll be me. <laughs> you know. Well, if I can get it, if I can get the disc to work, then you can get the disc to work. Okay. If, any, if anybody, so. But yeah. no, I had a great time. I had a great time talking with you guys, and I appreciate it. Um, yeah, make sure you it, message message me and let me know what you think of the uh, the class disc when you get out there and throw it. Yeah, it will do. Yeah, I'm, absolutely. Yeah. It's been nice. It's been nice seeing you and catching up. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's connect again when in another year when Clash is growing their team and growing their bag and see where everything's at. Absolutely, love it. All right. Thanks, Thanks, Bobby. Thanks. Take Thank care. You. Okay. Bye. Bye. That was our chat with Bobby Brown, Mr. USA of Clash <laughs> Discs. 
Um, very, very nice guy, very pleasant guy to chat with. Um, and not, you know, a disc golfer, but really more of a behind the scenes guy. And yeah. so it's interesting to get his perspective. And I'm excited to go out and pick up a berry or a mango or, you know, go a little, go, go grocery shopping at Okanagan yeah. Disc Store <laughs> and, and throw a couple of discs and see what they're like. I'm curious. We should we should do a like a little breakdown. We should throw them and see how the popcorn, especially like he's saying, it's a putter that people shouldn't miss out on, and yeah. maybe we should review it. Yeah. I think that would be cool. We'll do that. Yeah, Bobby's a great guy. I'm like you know I've known him for a while, and conversations with him so easy to talk to. And when I saw him at the All Stars, he was taking pictures and stuff. And Craig leaned over to me and he whispers like ask him if he'll be on your podcast and I was like <laughs> okay so I was like hey and he's like totally let's do this so yeah, yeah it was and I think I I must have, I think I texted you right away and gave you his info and I was yeah. like he wants to be on the podcast so yeah yeah no, very very nice guy and yeah. thanks again to him and thanks again to Okanagan Disc Supply uh contact Dan at okanagandisupply.com and use flight pass um as your, I can't think of the term, use flight pass, the flight pass code to get 10% off any purchase and any purchase over $100 is free shipping in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. And go dedicate your clash discs. And get 10% off. And get 10% <laughs> off. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Thanks for listening. Right. And we'll be back in another couple of weeks. Thanks guys.